This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 046, Poker. is the fifth track on Face the Music, first song on side two. The working title was Joker. It was recorded in May and June 1975 at the Delane Studios, with the strings and choir added at the Munich, Germany Musicland Studios. Jeff Lynne gets writing credit. The lead vocals throughout the song are sung by bassist Kelly Grokut. In January 1976, John Ingham wrote, Poker rocks along with murderous intent despite cornball lyrics. And in a 1989 issue of ELO fanzine Face the Music, Andrew Whiteside wrote, Richard burned his fingers off in poker. From the opening riff, poker literally bursts out of the speakers, like some crazy amphetamine fantasy of status quo and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Richard's solo is nothing short of breathtaking, nor is Bev's drumming far behind, propelling Jeff and Kelly's staccato vocals into previously undreamt of levels of aggression. A brief interlude, we catch our breath, before Jeff's buzzsaw guitar signals more machine gun drumming and keyboard pyrotechnics, leading to a truly glorious finale. In this writer's opinion, the song is ELO's best rocker ever, and it is a crime that it was never released as a single, or firmly as part of the live set after the Face the Music tour. Poker was released on the British B-side of Rockeria in February 1977 and May 1978. A very interesting game, this poker. Hi, I'm Eric Wincenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And we've reached side two of Face the Music, and it's poker. Well, good news is there's no gamble with this song. Are you quite finished with your joke? (laughs) (laughs) You're not a dad, and yet you're making dad jokes. Yes, I am making dad jokes. But all joking aside, I was wondering while I was listening to this, how much is Harry Paul going to hate this one? This one is such a good song. <laughs> it's such a good, such an actual rock and roll song on here, along with all the prog stuff, and you got those strings in the back, and you got that synthesizer all over the place on it. And Carly Grookut is actually doing the lead vocals on here. And you couldn't have told me it wasn't Jeff Lynne if I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But still, he's wonderful. Maybe he's a little bit more English sounding. Maybe that's about it, is that he is a little bit more English sounding. It doesn't sound like he's trying to do the old thing with hiding it with a little bit of an American accent. Right. But otherwise, this thing just comes together and I can't believe they didn't do this as a single. 
this would have been an awesome single off of this particular album. And one of the main things is that they get so much into here and it does not overstay its welcome. Well, you got it right. I have always hated this song. It's just distortion and screaming and it's noise. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Actually, I'm full of crap. I loved this song the very first time I heard it when I bought this album in March 1984. It is such... A stone-cold rockin' song. I mean, it just starts off like you're hitting a wall of hard rock. The guitar sounds great, and it lets you know right up front, this song is not going to mess around. I didn't know early on that that was Kelly. I thought, oh, that's Jeff. He's singing a little bit higher, almost like he sped up his voice a bit, but not enough to be ridiculous sounding. It wasn't until like a couple years later that, uh, okay, it sounds different because it's Kelly's voice. A rarity in the post-Roy Wood era of ELO, where Jeff is not singing lead, at least through the whole song. I love Richard Tandy's synthesizering. That is so freaking cool. The strings are great. I love the swirling strings just before the whole song wraps up at the end. There is absolutely nothing bad that I can say about the song. And yeah, it's not so long that it's like, uh, all right, I get it. Rock and roll, let's let's wrap this thing up. No, it's, it's a stone-cold, perfect rockin' song. And I love everything about it. Too bad they didn't do this more often. I mean, yes, they did it with Do Ya, but a lot of times, yeah, they didn't really go this far with it. And it's really amazing what a tight band this could be when Mm -hmm. they do decide to do something like this. And I think it also helps that it's this far down the road from where we started, because... Remembering them trying to do something like this with In an Old English Town back on their second album. Yeah. And how it was just all over the place and way too many tangents and everything in a lot of cases. Here you see how Jeff Lynne has smartened up on his production, on his songwriting, on just doing everything with the band. And it all just gets encapsulated right here. I mean, I'm surprised that I didn't remember this song more. <laughs> as soon as I started hearing, I went, oh, yeah, why in the world isn't this on my playlist? Uh, yeah. I, re- I remember this song. Why in the world isn't this on my playlist? Because I always thought this is the album that has Evil Woman and Strange Magic, two of their best songs. Right. Well, this thing really should have been the third single off this album instead of being relegated to a B-side. Yeah, this is, a, I guess, a, a pet peeve of mine with ELO. Sometimes they pick the wrong songs to be singles. This so should have been released as a single. Everything about it is radio-friendly and so frickin' fantastic and so catchy. How you were saying, like, in Old England Town seemed to be a mess that kind of scattered in different directions throughout the song. This is definitely a more disciplined song. Uh, It's totally rock and roll, but it doesn't go off on crazy tangents. It sticks with it, and it plays out really nicely without suddenly free-forming off into some direction it really doesn't need to go into. So, yeah, definitely should have been released as a single, but there are a lot of ELO songs that I think, seriously, you released that as a single, but you didn't release this? What the hell? UA, Jet, CBS, whoever owned the catalog at the time, or Jeff... Whoever had say over single release, again, should have brought me in. I'm sure there wouldn't have been any sort of legal hassles with employing an 8 to 15 year old kid. (laughs) Now, another thing I do like about poker is we were talking about all the rock and roll part of that. But then this is what I liked so much about it is that there's so much variety in just three and a half minutes because all of a sudden right in the middle, 
you get slowed down. You've mm-hmm. got Tandy's great synthesizer transition from doing his whole wild Moog thing. All of a sudden, you got ambient soundscape leading into a nice little bridge between the different parts. Just slows it down, becomes a little bit more dramatic, raises it right back up, and I can really see why people get so fanatical over this band when I hear something like this. Yeah. I just wish that they did it a lot more <laughs> yeah. throughout their career. And there's something I'm wondering about, and it just hit me. What would this have sounded like if Jeff had sung it? I mean, I know long by this point, Jeff gave up the screaming at the neighbors, kids get off his lawn voice. I think he left that off at maybe ELO 2. Maybe on the third day, I'm trying to run Ma. No, because he did it in Ma 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 Bell too. I think Kelly's voice here is smooth. It's singing with it. It's still rock, but it's not that rough screaming voice. And I wonder if at this point, Jeff had totally given up that thing. Because I know in later years he said, oh my god, I can't listen to myself sing on Rollover Beethoven. So I wonder if, would we have had Jeff's smooth rockin' voice? Or would he have still hauled out that rough, screaming voice? I don't think there really would have been much difference if he had sung on this. Yeah. Because Do is off the next album. Yeah. And Jeff sings on that, and he doesn't do that screaming voice that he did on Rollover Beethoven or almost heading into Dylan territory. He manages to do a smoother vocal than he actually did on the original version of Do Ya. Yeah. And so that's probably why I couldn't tell the difference, really, Mm -hmm. to tell you the truth, without finding out that it was Kelly singing on this one, is because I don't think that Jeff Lynne would have really done it any different. Yeah. But I think it is a good thing that he's allowing other members to get in there and giving it some variety. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, that the voices are similar. I mean... Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel were not that too dissimilar in vocal style when they were in Genesis. And same with Richard Wright and David Gilmour in Pink Floyd. Their vocal style, sometimes it's really hard to tell which one it is because their vocal style is almost the same. Yeah. Unless you're watching them in concert or you know because you are that obsessed with them, you know who does the vocals on what. It is really hard to tell the difference. And that, I think, that's also what sometimes makes some of the best bands actually mesh Mm-hmm. is because you got so many people who know the styles of the other people, but they can still bring their own thing to it because, listening to this, yeah, I can understand now a little bit of why he has Kelly singing because Kelly is bringing his own personality to the song and not just going, oh, I'm going to imitate Jeff Lynne. It's, nope, <laughs> I've got a song on this album, I'm going to sing it. I don't think there would have been too much difference, though. Got something to say about poker? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. If you enjoy this podcast, please show your financial support through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash ELOPod, or through PayPal, ELOFTMPodcast at gmail.com, or give to our Kickstarter campaign. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I love the song so much. Wow, she liked it. Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meats Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word about the show by sharing the link or giving us a quick grading on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast and get some goodies at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, 
episode 047, Strange Magic.